Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of pyruvate metabolism found under the biochemistry section at MetBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 23-year-old man is running a marathon. In the last mile of the race, he experiences an intense burning in his muscles. Once he completes the race and rests, the burning slowly subsides. He asks his physician the next day why this may have occurred and what he can do to mitigate it. His physician explains that a training regimen can increase his ability to perform aerobic metabolism and thus decrease the conversion of pyruvate to lactate via lactate dehydrogenase, which caused the burning in his muscles that he experienced. Let's continue with an overview of pyruvate metabolism. In terms of its pathways, pyruvate may be converted to lactate. This is catalyzed by lactate dehydrogenase. This is a reversible reaction, and this is generated in anaerobic glycolysis since it allows for conversion of NADH to NAD+. In the liver, lactate dehydrogenase converts lactate to pyruvate for gluconeogenesis or for metabolism to acetyl-CoA. This is part of the Cori cycle, and it shifts energy generation from the periphery to the liver. Pyruvate can be converted to acetyl-CoA. This is catalyzed by pyruvate dehydrogenase. This is irreversible. When this occurs, acetyl-CoA then enters the citric acid cycle. Pyruvate can be converted to oxaloacetate. This is catalyzed by pyruvate carboxylase. This is also irreversible. Remember that oxaloacetate can replenish the citric acid cycle or be a substrate for gluconeogenesis. Pyruvate can also be converted to alanine. This is catalyzed by alanine transaminase or ALT. This is a reversible reaction. Remember that alanine carries amino groups to the liver from the muscle. In the liver, alanine transaminase converts alanine to pyruvate for gluconeogenesis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to pyruvate metabolism, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 71-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with a two-hour history of severe abdominal pain associated with nausea and vomiting. She says that over the past day, she has been experiencing more abdominal discomfort, but that she did not start vomiting until the pain became extremely severe over the last few hours. Her past medical history is significant for hypertension, for which she has taken lisinopril, and her past surgical history is notable for two low transverse cesarean sections. Physical exam reveals ecchymosis over her right groin, as well as a tender, irreducible mass in the femoral canal. Laboratory studies are obtained, which demonstrate a sodium of 141, chloride of 91, potassium of 3.9, bicarbonate of 12, BUN of 24, glucose of 138, creatinine of 1.2, and lactate of 30.2. Which of the following enzymes likely has increased activity in this patient? And the answer choices are, choice 1, alanine transaminase, choice 2, citrate synthase, Choice 3, lactate dehydrogenase. Choice 4, pyruvate decarboxylase. Or choice 5, pyruvate dehydrogenase. The best answer to this question is, choice 3, lactate dehydrogenase. This patient who presents with nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, and a tender, irreducible mass most likely has a strangulated femoral hernia. Her lab results of decreased bicarbonate, increased lactate, and increased anion gap are consistent with developing lactic acidosis, 
so she will likely have an elevated level of lactate dehydrogenase activity. Pyruvate is a central biochemical intermediate for numerous metabolic pathways in mammals. During normal oxidative metabolism, pyruvate is converted by pyruvate dehydrogenase to acetyl-CoA, which then enters the citric acid cycle for further processing. In states of tissue ischemia, such as a strangulated hernia, oxygen delivery is impaired, and acetyl-CoA accumulates due to a backlog of intermediates that cannot be processed by the mitochondria. This in turn leads to feedback inhibition of pyruvate dehydrogenase and accumulation of pyruvate within the cell. A number of pathways can be activated in order to regenerate reducing cofactors from the excess pyruvate. However, the major one used by humans is lactate dehydrogenase, which produces lactate during anaerobic metabolism. The lactic acid produced is subsequently released into the bloodstream, resulting in an anion gap metabolic acidosis. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Alanine transaminase is a secondary pathway of metabolizing excess pyruvate into amino acids. Serum levels of this enzyme can be elevated due to hepatotoxicity, but this is unlikely during an acute strangulated hernia. Choice 2. Citrate synthase is the enzyme responsible for introducing acetyl-CoA into the citric acid cycle. Activity of this enzyme is normally increased in oxidative metabolism, but would be decreased during states of anaerobic metabolism. Choice 4. Pyruvate decarboxylase is used by many organisms to anaerobically ferment pyruvate into acetaldehyde, which can be further processed into ethanol. Humans do not use this method of anaerobic fermentation. Choice 5. Pyruvate dehydrogenase converts pyruvate into acetyl-CoA, which is the major pathway of pyruvate metabolism in the oxidative state. The activity of this enzyme would be decreased during ischemia, due to feedback inhibition from increased acetyl-CoA levels. Finally, a bullet summary. Ischemia shifts pyruvate metabolism from aerobic pyruvate dehydrogenase activity to anaerobic lactate dehydrogenase activity because of decreased oxygen delivery to end organs. That's all for this review about pyruvate metabolism. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.